Praise the Lord. Why don't you lift your hands with me to heaven? And why don't you just begin to ask the Lord to just have his way here tonight? Lord, I pray for your will to be done in the name of Jesus. God, by the authority of your word and by the power of your name. God, I pray for the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven to meet us one more time tonight. God, you know every circumstance and situation, every trial and every tribulation, the condition of every soul and every life. God, you are the master of all things. And God, I pray that you would speak. Can you help me pray right now? Amen. I feel like God's getting ready to radically change somebody's life in these next few moments. God, I believe, I believe. God, help me to be in tune with what you're wanting to do. Can you pray that with me? Amen. Not just the preacher, not just the music team, but everybody in the church to be in tune with what God's going to do. Amen. Every pew can be an altar. Every pew can be a place where somebody meets God. So let's ask him to have his way. Oh, Holy Ghost, have your way here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 14 and 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him and to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the even was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary anybody ever have a contrary wind in your life and in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea and in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them not swimming in the sea walking on the sea amen isn't that awesome praise God amen I believe God's getting ready to move hallelujah oh can we rejoice and be thankful hallelujah I never get tired of it folks It never gets old. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. That's our mission, people. Lord, pour the Holy Ghost out in that prayer room right now. God, fill that area with the power of your spirit. Oh, Holy Ghost, there it is. Hallelujah. Hey, somebody ought to just rejoice right now. You talk about revival, we're having it right now. just did here for just a few moments is exactly what they're doing in heaven right now. Every single soul matters in heaven. Woo! Jesus. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. You can sit down if you have to or if you want to, if you can. But it's a request, not a command. In the New Testament, a day was divided into 12 hours. Beginning at 6 o'clock in the morning. The third hour would be 9 o'clock. So when you read in your Bible that something happened at the third hour, that would be 9 o'clock in the morning to our time. When you hear something happening at the sixth hour, that would be noon. The eleventh hour, though we visualize it as being just before midnight, it actually was about five o'clock in the afternoon. In a similar fashion, the night was divided into four watches. The first watch of the night was from six in the evening until nine o'clock at night. The second watch was from 9 until midnight. The third watch was from midnight until 3 in the morning. And the fourth watch began at 3 in the morning and continued until 6 o'clock or around sunrise, the first hour of the day. The text that we read tonight takes place immediately following one of the greatest miracles in your Bible. The Bible said in Matthew 14 and 15, and when it was evening, everybody say evening. evening. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. The Clampets would call them vittles. This passage of Scripture begins with that statement, and when it was evening. The day was spent. The night was approaching. The darkness was on its way, and the people were hungry. The disciples tell Jesus, that church should be over. The people need to go home and eat. I'm glad nobody said amen there. <laughs> the night is coming. You need to let them go. But Jesus had a different plan. Jesus was not daunted by the evening. The darkness didn't scare him at all. Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. The things that are big issues to the disciples were not something that was a big issue to Jesus. Can I tell somebody if you feel like you're dealing with an issue that is too big for you? Just remember, it's not too big for Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus knew that the disciples were not carrying a mobile Walmart with them. He knew their resources were not enough to feed a multitude. He knew they didn't have what it took to feed that kind of a crowd. But he knew he had what it took to take care of it. He had the ability. All he needed was their participation. Can I tell you that God has the ability to take care of every issue in your life? All he asks is your participation. Amen. 
I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to hold myself back just a little bit because I really want I, I really feel myself wanting to, to just jump out there. But if you'll just, Brother, Brother Patton, what did you say at lunch today? I'm a runway preacher. And he didn't mean like a model on the runway. I know you find that hard to believe. Here's what they said in Matthew 14 and 17. After he said, after he said, you give them something to eat. They say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fish. We don't have what it takes to feed this crowd. He said, bring them hither to me. Again, he had the ability he only needed their participation. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. Praise God. Someday I'm going to preach a sermon on that passage. That he gives to his disciples and then gives his disciples to the multitude. If you want something from God, you got to be willing to let God send you to the world to win souls. Don't sit on a pew doing nothing and wonder why you're hungry. God gives the disciples so the disciples can give to the world. Amen. Thank all you up here close to the front. But everybody else, I'm telling you, if you really want a revival in your life, you say, God, whatever you give me, I'll share it with this world. And God will indeed pour a Holy Ghost revival into your life and into your family. Hallelujah. And they did all eat. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Amen. There were more, there was 12 times more left over after the miracle than what they started with. God always has a way of giving to you so you can give to someone else and you end up with more in the end than what you started with. That's why I like giving into the kingdom of God. That's why I like sowing into the kingdom because I know that when I give, God gives back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. The miracle. Hallelujah. The, the Bible said, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. What a crowd of people that day that Jesus fed. And the Bible said the miracle happened at the evening time. God didn't need it to be high noon to work a miracle. Amen. God didn't need it to be bright sunshine to work a miracle. At the evening time when it looked like hope was gone, Jesus steps in and multiplies and gives and feeds. May I tell you something that you already know? Life has ebbs and flows, doesn't it? Peaks and valleys, good and bad. There are times of triumph and times of tragedy. There's victory. Check it out again. Can I preach while they baptize? And can you shout to both? Amen. This is a life change moment for somebody. This is a brand new beginning. I don't know, that, I don't know what's going on in that person's life. I don't know all what, what all the trials and tribulations and burdens have been. But I know this, that it starts brand new tonight. Because she's getting ready to be a new creature. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Wilson, I'm excited to be pastoring a church that still gets excited about people being baptized in Jesus' name. Hey, this is better than anything else. This is better than this is better than a meal after church. This is better than a pizza party. This is better than a you. This is what we're here for. Hallelujah. Come on, Holy Ghost, get her. I'm going to tell you, there's times in life of tragedy, and there's times of triumph. There's days of victory, and there's days of defeat. There's days of suffering, and days of rejoicing. We never question our fortune when the sun is shining and the blessing is coming. We never consider, God, do I deserve this or not? We just leave our hand out and say, give it to me, God. But when adversity arises in life, we often glance heavenward and say, God, why are you doing this to me? On the heels of this great miracle of feeding the multitude, Jesus told his disciples, get into a boat and go on the sea. Matthew 14 and 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained. Everybody say constrained. Constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. That word constrained means to compel, to drive, even if by force. He didn't say, guys, would you get in the boat for me? He didn't say, fellas, would you do me a favor and get in the boat? He said, guys, get in the boat. He didn't leave them a choice. He constrained them. He said, get in the boat, guys. And they got in the boat. And they began to toil and row to the other side. Amen. The disciples obeyed. And now it's late afternoon. It's early evening. When they got into the ship and pushed out into the sea, Jesus sent the multitude home and then prayed through the evening and into the night. And while Jesus was having a prayer meeting, a stressful drama was playing out and unfolding on the sea. The boat that the disciples have been, everybody say, Jesus put them there. Jesus put them there. He put them in the boat and said, go. And now the boat that Jesus put them in is in trouble. On the sea, the wind is contrary to them. That's what the Bible said. Verse 24, the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Amen. I've dealt with some contrary people before. Amen. I didn't look at anyone. I kept my head down for that one. I wasn't going to give the devil a chance to take, get somebody to take that one wrong. I've dealt with some contrary people. I've dealt with some contrary situations. That word contrary means opposite, antagonistic, against, opposed as, as an adversary. The wind was contrary. They're trying to go that way. And the wind is trying to push them that way. They're trying to make progress, and the wind is trying to alleviate that progress. They're trying to go forward, and the wind is trying to push them backward. They're trying to go ahead, 
and the enemy, the wind, is pushing them back. Every time that they, put, that they rode forward, the wind would push back at them. Amen. And the sea in the Bible. Now, let me, let me just preach to you for a second. You told me I was going to say that, didn't you? He said, runway preacher said, let me just preach to you for a minute. Amen. The spirit of a prophet was upon you. The sea in the Bible has a significant symbolism. The sea to most people represents the unknown, the darkness, the depth, the things that lurk deep in the sea. In the scripture, the sea was a place of fear and dread and danger. The Bible talks of the Leviathan that lurks in the depth of the sea, a monster that seeks to devour and destroy. Repeatedly in the Bible, the sea is referred to as having boundaries set by God, as if, if the sea were left to itself, it would devour the land. So God has to set boundaries on the sea so the sea can't go too far. Amen. In the Apostle John's apocalyptic vision, we find the following verse in Revelation 13 and 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. John said the beast is rising up out of the sea. The prophet Daniel, in his end time prophecy, he looked at the sea in Daniel 7, 2 and 3. And Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Daniel said, heaven is striving against the beast of this sea. The passage suggests that evil lurks in the sea and is being combated by the spirit of heaven. Amen. The beasts of the sea were the enemy to the soul of men. And so that heaven contended to contain the beast. May I tell you that in the Bible, the sea is, represents things that are evil. And can I tell you that there is a sea of carnality that's trying to swallow up the church in this day and hour. There is a sea of sinfulness that wants to wash away the godliness out of the heart of God's people. There is a sea of worldliness that would like to turn the church no different from the world that God has pulled us out of. There is a sea of the cares of life and the struggles of life. There is a sea of wickedness. And from the sea, the beasts of hell arise. Beasts that afflict the soul of mankind. There's beasts of addiction. Beasts of adultery. Beasts of malice. Beasts of chaos. Beasts of carnality. Beasts of every kind of sin. Sent by the enemy. And the sea in one relentless wave after another. Comes after the soul of man. It would be one thing if all you had to do was push the devil back once. But like the sea, he keeps coming back one after another after another. Wouldn't it be great 
if you could pray one time and never have to worry about fighting against addiction for the rest of your life. But that spirit comes back like a wave after wave. Don't, you don't have to help me preach. Now. A while ago you were shouting. I'm preaching about what the world wants to do. It keeps coming one after the other. After the other, the seed takes a little bit at a time. It erodes a little here and a little there and a little there until almost everything has been washed away by the swelling tide of the sea. That's how the sea works. It takes a little bit of your prayer today and a little bit more tomorrow. It takes a little bit of your worship today and a little bit more tomorrow. You want me to preach a little bit more to you? It'll take a little bit of your conviction today. And once you drop it a little bit, tomorrow it comes and takes a little bit more and a little bit more until after a few weeks and months, you can't even tell you ever had the Holy Ghost. Because that's how the sea works. It's content to take a little here and a little there. A little bit unnoticed. Unnoticed, unrecognized, small particles, a little bit. At a time, the soul of man has a mortal enemy. His name is Satan. He is bloodthirsty and has no compassion and conscience. May I tell you that the devil wants to destroy your soul. He wants to drag your eternal soul into the lake of fire and let you be burned in agony for all of eternity. The beast wants to destroy your prayer life, your faithfulness, your worship, your holiness, your faith. The beast wants to destroy everything that you have. He is an enemy. He is a foreboding enemy. And the disciples were constrained by the Lord to go on the sea. Jesus, where are you? You told me to get in the boat. And now I'm facing a storm. Where are you in my storm? The winds of adversity are contrary to me. Trying to push me back where I came from. Can I tell all of our new folks that have just been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in the last few months. That the goal of the devil is to push you back. Where you came from. Amen. He's all right if you shout tonight. As long as next week, maybe he can get you to stay home a little bit. And then the week after that, get you to do a little bit more until he has you right back in the very mess that God just pulled you out of. Amen. I'm going to preach to you a little while tonight. That's what the devil wants to do to every one of you. He wants to drag. The wind is contrary. I want to go to heaven, but the devil wants to push you to hell. I want to see Jesus, but the devil wants to see you in the lake of fire. The wind, the storm, the sea is contrary to you. He he wants to push you back into your drug addiction. He wants to push you back into discouragement and depression and anxiety and fear and hopelessness and unrighteousness and sin. He wants to push you back. The wind is conch. And Lord, where are you? The first watch passes. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Didn't get her all the way under. We believe you got to go all the way under. Hallelujah. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Holy Ghost fall back there. Hey, I like, I like when I'm preaching, people get baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. The first watch came and know Jesus. The storm's still against them. Amen. Don't worry. They're, they're not walking out on my preaching. They're walking into a baptistry. Praise God. The first watch comes. I got to hurry. I got to get done before they get up there. The first watch comes and there's no Jesus. The second watch comes and there's no Jesus. The third watch comes and there's no Jesus. Have you ever dealt with something so long that you wondered if Jesus even knew where you were? Have you ever dealt with something in life so long that you wondered, Jesus, where have you been? I've been out here all night long with the contrary wind. I've been fighting my addiction all this time. Where are you? I've been fighting against depression all this time. Where are you? I've been fighting to hold on all this time. Where are you? And you fight and you fight. But where is Jesus? I'm going to tell you, there's a fourth watch revival coming. Hallelujah. It was evening time when this story began, but now it's the fourth watch. It was evening time when there was multiplied bread, but now it's the fourth watch. And it's been nine hours since I saw Jesus. I've been out here rowing. I've been out here trying my best. And the whole time that I've been rowing my boat, the wind has been contrary and Jesus hadn't shown up. Lord, do you even care what I'm going through? I'm going to tell you that he's a fourth watch God. And there's a fourth watch revival for you. Don't you give up because God's going to show up. Don't you give up because God's going to meet you in the fourth watch. You might be dealing with the devil, but there's a fourth watch revival coming for you. Can I tell you why I think that he waited till the fourth watch? I think that he waited for the fourth watch just to let somebody know that he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. He may not have shown up in the first watch of your trial. Some of you are tired of dealing with your mess, but he's a fourth watch God, so just keep holding on. I've come to prophesy a fourth watch revival. Can I tell you, I wish, I wish the Lord would have come back before they legalized abortion. I wish he would have come back before they legalized gay marriage. I wish he would have come back before there was pornography available on every cell phone in somebody's pocket. I wish he would have come back before the economy got bad. And all, the, But I'm going to tell you, he may not have come in the first watch or the second watch or the third watch. But I believe in the fourth watch, we're having a Holy Ghost revival. Hallelujah. I know it's the end of time. 
I know it's dark out. I know we're running out of time, but it's revival time, folks. Uh, it's revival. It's a fourth watch revival. Ghost, help me right now. Oh, Holy Ghost, help me right now. I wish somebody would throw their hands up in the air and say, God, I'm in my fourth watch. Is anybody in their fourth watch? I've come to tell you, he shows up in the fourth watch. It's been dark for a long time, but don't give up hope. The fourth watch Savior's on his way. It's been bad for a while in this old world, but don't give up, church. There's a fourth watch Savior. He's not swimming in the water. He's walking on the water. We don't have to be in the water. He said, I'm walking on top of it. He doesn't have, we don't have to get in the world. God wants us to walk on top of it. Hallelujah. Mm. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the water. Jesus demonstrated his dominion over the sea, not by swimming in it, but by walking on top of it. We're not called to wade in the waters of worldliness, but to walk above it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like to tell you that many of God's people's finest moments, I'm coming to a close here. Many of God's people's finest moments took place in the fourth watch. Jacob wrestled with God and met him face to face and found his destiny just before daybreak in the fourth watch. It was in the morning that God looked out through a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud at Egypt pursuing his people. And it was in the fourth watch that he took off their chariot wheels and drowned them in the Red Sea. It was in the middle of the night when Gideon overcame the Midianites. The angel appeared to the shepherds in the middle of the night and said, The Savior, Christ the Lord, is born. Not at high noon, but born in the middle of the night. Jesus was resurrected from the dead at the end of the fourth watch, at the beginning of the new day. It's the fourth watch, folks. We're living in the fourth watch of this world. We're living in the fourth watch of this time. But in the middle of the fourth watch, Brother Paul, I'm expecting Jesus to come walk into the church. I watched him walk in just a little while ago and feel a lady with the Holy Ghost standing right here. I watched him walk in this morning, and right about there, he filled a young lady with the Holy Ghost, and another one right over there. He's a fourth watch God. Anybody been tempted to think that this world is too far gone, and there's nothing we can do? Come on, you can be honest with me. Has anybody been tempted to think there's no way we can have revival in 22? It's too big of a mess. I've come to tell you, that might be the truth in the world, but we got a fourth watch God. And the glory of the latter house will be greater. I'm expecting the greatest revival that we've ever had. I'm I'm seeing it right now. 
I wish somebody, I wish somebody has been dealing with the darkness for all night that you'd throw your hand up in the air and say, I'm not giving up on my fourth watch. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother and Sister Patton and my wife and I and some others, we were talking at lunch. And, uh, and, and I said something that I, that, that I probably shouldn't even say right now, but I, I have the ability to control my tongue, but I'm not going to do it. Talking about why a lot of churches aren't seeing Holy Ghost revival. It's because when they look at the world, they see it as all the reasons why they can't have revival. I look at the world and I see it all as reasons why we are having revival. You can look at this world and throw your hands up and say, God, it'll never happen. Or you can look at this world and say, these people are getting ready to be so hungry. These people are going to be so hungry. They're being driven to darkness. But in the middle of the darkness comes a fourth watch God walking. Hallelujah. Walking on the sea. He'll walk to you in your trial. He'll walk to you in your circumstance. He'll walk to you in your problem. He'll walk to you in your addiction. He'll walk to you when you're broken. He'll walk to you when you're frustrated. He'll walk to you when you... He'll come walking in the sea at the fourth watch. Buster Stoudemire saying he came walking on the water. Woo. Jesus have mercy. Mm. Oh man. If I didn't believe I had a fourth watch God, I'd think there's no hope. When you look at this society and this culture and this world, you see all the stuff. Man, this, 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 this Roe versus Wade thing lit a fuse in the most vile, wicked group of people this world's ever seen. And there goes my email. I'm going to be blown up now. But I'm not afraid of it. Because it's a fourth watch. And it's time for the church to be the church. It's not time to give up. It's not time to let up. It's not time to slack up. It's not time to turn back. It's not time to let go. It's not time to sit down. It's not time to quiet down. It's time to stand up, speak up, shout up, talk it up. It's revival time. It's fourth watch revival. It's fourth watch revival. It's fourth watch revival. Hey, come on. I wish somebody open your mouth and talk in tongues right now. There's a fourth watch Holy Ghost outpouring coming to this world. Hey, I want to be right in the middle of it. walking on the water I wish somebody'd shout right now I wish somebody's been overwhelmed by the fourth watch would just shout a little bit it's revival 
watch of the sea. Hey, hey amen, I'm excited about what God's doing here. Can I tell you I'm excited about it? I'm excited about what's going on. Hallelujah. What are you stepping back for? I was coming to get a high five or I guess a medium five. Amen. I feel, I know you can reach it. I feel revival coming to this place. Boys, let me tell you something. God wants you boys to be full of the Holy Ghost. When you go to school, he wants you to walk in the Spirit. Amen. We're not raising you boys to get out there and get worldly and carnal. We're not raising you to backslide in this generation. We're raising you all to be fourth watch Holy Ghost. That's right. I'm going to shout with you a little bit. We're raising fourth watch revival. I said we're raising a fourth watch revival. It's going to break wide open. God, I speak it over Marshall County. I speak it over Tippa County and Benton County and Lee County and Lafayette County and Union County. God, I speak it. I speak it, oh God, over North Mississippi. I speak it all over this area. God, let a fourth watch revival break out. Let it sweep across our land. Let it sweep. Come on, you got to help me prophesy a little bit. You got to help me speak it. Speak it over your family. God, I'm calling a fourth watch revival over my children. have a fourth watch revival. This certifies that Zion Harris was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They're here. They may still be back there getting changed back, but they're here and they got baptized in Jesus' name. This certifies that Keandra Johnson was baptized in Jesus' name. certifies that DeAndre Johnson was baptized in Jesus name and this certifies that Avery Lawler was baptized in Jesus name I'm talking about a fourth watch revival I wonder if anybody can help me shout for revival a little while Christian. He got baptized in Jesus' name a few weeks ago. Two weeks ago tonight, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He said that's like nothing he ever experienced in his entire life. 
There's a fourth what? There's a fourth watch, Holy Ghost Revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead, Holy Ghost. Do it one more time. In Jesus' name. I tell everybody, go ahead. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I'm talking about a fourth watch revival that's going to shake this community.